Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Our toll-free number, same as it is every weekend, 800-823-8255. Good morning. I am Ron Wilson, your personal yard boy. We're talking about yardening on this weekend before Thanksgiving week. I'm excited. I can't wait. Uh, Great week. I love it. Eat, friends, family, give thanks. Eat, friends, family, give thanks. Eat. Did I mention eat? Lots of food, lots of fun, kind of a relaxed. Are you saying we should eat? We should eat. Okay. Relaxing atmosphere, no big pressure, just uh, keep eating. And that's a lot of fun. And Some of us are together. off work, you know. Some people are off work, yeah. four-day weekends, you know. It's just, it's a great week. And a little prelude into the holiday season, the kickoff for the holiday season. And it's just a lot of fun. So it's a good week, and I'm uh, I'm fired up and I'm excited. And uh, our temperature's going to warm up in our area a little bit next week. So those projects that were outside, because this week it's been uh, very cold, um, had some flurries here and there, uh, very chilly. But starting on Monday, we're back into the 40s and 50s. So that means that next week in our area, we can get back outside and uh, kind of start to finish up things that we may not have gotten done. Finish planting if we need to, spring flowering bulbs. We still have plenty of time to plant those. Still time to plant trees and shrubs and evergreens. If they're available for you to purchase at your local nurseries and garden centers, you can still plant. Just got to keep watering. That's the big key, like we were talking earlier. Got to keep watering. Uh, transplanting still can be done. Still some digging going on out there at the nurseries. You can do the same as well. Uh, I try to get that done as soon as you can. Uh, talking earlier there about moving some uh, arborvitae. And it's getting starting to get a little late, but we can still do that, get them settled in. Again, staking to make sure they don't blow around, if, depending on the height of the, of the plant. 
uh, over the wintertime. Take those stakes off in the spring. Uh, water them in really well. Going to be the key. That's going to be the key even if they're established, uh, if it's dry in your area, and it is dry in our area right now. So, uh, again, keep up that watering. Lawn-wise, uh, you know, if the lawn's still mow- growing, you got to keep mowing. I think for the most part after this week in our area, maybe one more mowing max, maybe not. Just depends on when the last time was that you mowed. <clears throat> but I would take a look at some of those leaves. If you still have leaves falling in your area in the lawn, we don't want to leave those lawn leaves there. Don't leave the leaves there. Um, even if you don't need to mow the grass, you might want to mow those leaves back into the grass, back into the turf, or mow them and collect them and put them in the compost pile, use them as a soil amendment, um, store them up, uh, put them in uh, cages or bags and hold on to them, and then use them in the springtime in the vegetable garden or whatever it may be. But make sure you continue to collect those leaves off of the lawn. Don't leave those there. Or maybe just blow them into around the mulched areas, around the base of the trees and things like that. Let them sit over the winter and let the critters enjoy them and hang out in the, in those leaves. You know, there are a lot of uh, overwintering uh, caterpillars and things like that, uh, insects, that the beneficial insects, that toads, uh, things like that, that will appreciate the mulching. Uh, you can do that. As a matter of fact, uh, you know, you're reading more and more articles all, all the time now about cleanup in the fall. Do we want to wait until spring to leave a lot of that debris, garden debris, leftover perennial foliage and things for some of these beneficial insects to use and other critters to use over the winter and then clean it up in the springtime once the weather starts to warm? And, uh, you know, there's pros and cons of that and the kind of look that you want in your garden. But one thing you could take a look at, if you do cut back things and clean them up, you could always take that and just kind of pile it up in your gardens, okay, and leave that kind of in, a, in some small piles here and there and still have some of those critters benefit those, that leftover uh, garbage, not garbage, but the garden debris uh, still there and then pick up those piles in the springtime and, and pitch those out. So that would be another approach to take a look at that. Even if you're pruning branches and things like that uh, this time of the year, um, you know, you can kind of just pile those up and make a little nice little pile Again, makes a little bit of a refuge for all of these uh, critters. And then uh, take it up in the springtime and let them do their thing in the spring. So that's another way to take a look at it um, if you're you know, trying to uh, leave a little bit more of that habitat, natural habitat there um, over the over the wintertime instead of cleaning everything up and, and taking it all away. Um, one last thing I was – oh, if you have cool season grasses, don't forget we talk about feeding them twice in the fall, September, early October – and again, sometime in November when the lawns finally st- pretty much stop growing, that's the perfect timing. Temperatures are still good. Uh, roots are still active. But the grass is pretty well slowed down. Now is that time. So looking in our area next week when we're back up into the 50s, a perfect week to get out and apply that final lawn feeding for cool season grasses. Now, you never want to put it down if the ground's frozen, and it won't be. As a matter of fact, it's not frozen right now. It's still been too warm. But that would be the perfect week to do this. So, uh, again, cool season grasses. Um, if you haven't gotten that second feeding down, next week would be absolutely wonderful. If you don't have any fertilizer, get out to your local independent garden center. Uh, Fertilomes Lawn Food Plus Iron. I love it. Uh, but see what they've got for that final feeding and put that down. Research has shown it's the second feeding of those two feedings that absolutely is the most important of the two. Obviously, you want to do both, and if you did just the first one, you don't get the second one, okay, but the second one is the most important one. 
So don't give up on that. We still want to feed the lawn one more time. Cool season grasses. Warm season grasses, um, you know, you're putting down your pre-emergent herbicides as, you, as your lawns will start to shut down as you cool down um, to keep those weed seeds from coming up over the wintertime. And some of those do have now a light amount of nitrogen, just a little bit that they have found for a light feeding to carry through the winter. But for the most part, it's pre-emergent herbicides that you are concerned with uh, going into the winter season. Back to the gardening phone lines at 800-823-8255, South Carolina. Steve, good morning. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Hey, my pleasure. Hey, um, the reason I'm calling, uh, I had a 6 by 8 greenhouse for many years, and it just sort of wore out from old age. Mm-hmm. And what I've done is I've built a 20 by 12 greenhouse. Um, you came back with a we're vengeance. Right on the border. <laughs> yeah. Wow. We're right on the borderline of being able to keep tropical plants, you know, like shrimp plants and um, birds of paradise and things like that. Mm-hmm. But basically what I've created uh, is a giant terrarium. Um, it, it sort of solves my problem when I'm gone for extended periods of time. It keeps the plants moist, but is it going to be detrimental to have all that moisture in there? Um, it could, as a matter of fact, if you look at, um, regular, a greenhouse grower, for instance, if you look at even a conservatory where they've got the glass, you know, the old conservatories where you go and visit and have a great time, there's always air circulating in there all the time. Now they'll obviously during the really cold times, it'll close that down and try to keep as much of that in as they can, but they've always got air moving. And if you look at a, a professional grow greenhouse grower up in the top, uh, where the rafters go across, you'll see these small fans and they're not, all they're doing is keeping the air moving through there and keeping that from building up that extra condensation. It's going to build up anyway, but for keeping it building up. So it keeps the air moving. So if there's somehow you look and then go, go online and find a couple of those fans that you have one blow in one okay. direction and one blow in the other up higher and keep the air moving, I think you'll find will be a real help to you as far as controlling that condensation and keeping things moving so you don't get involved with any kind of a, and you have to be careful still, but any kind of a uh, um, fungal or disease issues, which can build up from excessive moisture, no doubt about it. But the air circulation, I think, is going to be important. Venting those, you know, they'll open those up and vent them occasionally just to get fresh air in there. But the air movement's really important, and I think if you get those couple small fans to keep it moving, it's going to be a real key. Okay, that that helps. I I haven't gotten it installed yet, but I got a um, a temperature actuated arm that I was going to install and into a like a window or a vent. So that when the temperature got too hot in there, it would open up. Yes. But I didn't know, you know, whether I that would be enough or you just say keep the air circulating. Well, I do, I'd do. i be having both. I mean, there's a point where you do want to vent. I mean, you, you know, it's going to get hot. You right. get a day where the sun's out. If that's not shaded or if it's a clear plastic on the top, that thing can really heat up and start to cook. Um, so you want to be able to open that up and keep it at a – you know, during the wintertime, we're keeping those at, at, at minimal temperatures. Like right now, as a matter of fact, we just went through a, a set yesterday where we're trying to maintain them, depending on what we have in there, but where there are more tropical plants, maintaining it at about a 60 to 65 degree temperature, 
keeping it oh, as cool wow. cool as we can. All right. You get down below that. Sometimes they, if for for an extended period of time, they don't like that. But 60, 65. So what happens is when you start to reach the 60s, the vents open up and actually, you know, air it out so it doesn't get any warmer than that. So keeping it right about that temperature. So that's going to be important. So, yeah, venting and air movement uh, are real keys, no doubt. Okay, that's what I need to know. So uh, still got some work to do. Good luck with it, and, and keep me posted how it turns out for you. Will do. All right. Will do. All right, Steve. Good talking to you. Have a great Thanksgiving. Before we take a break, let's go to Dayton, Ohio. Dick, good morning. Good morning. Hey, happy happy Thanksgiving and everything, buddy. Happy, How are you? Hey, happy Thanksgiving to you. Are you excited? I, I love Thanksgiving week. We oh, I do too. I eat do and too eat and eat. Yeah, eat, eat. But the thing of it is, the Beaver Creek Strummers, December 1st, I think we've got standing room only. For our Christmas party, well, good I for mean, you. we were just we did holly jolly rocking around the Christmas tree. It was beautiful, buddy. Does any does, does anybody play the harmonica in your group? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a guy that I met at McDonald's. His name's Bill, and he listens to seven hundred and fifty five. His guy is good. Yesterday at the jam session, this guy had a harmonica. I'm telling you, he was better than Bobby Dylan. Wow. Nobody could play. Play like that, but um, yeah, I'm I'm kind of. Uh, I told Jerry Jeff uh, the Bengals are going to bounce back. I think. Oh yeah. Oh no doubt. Yeah. Oh, they'll be back. I think they'll. I think they'll do a, a number with Pittsburgh tomorrow. I do too. Or oh, son, yeah. My cousin, uh, I got a card from my cousin. Yeah. And she has a birthday, and the band we we uh, not going to be playing much because of the weather. But there's a couple jam sessions I'm going to go to in. Uh, Moraine by the tracks, and we play at that building, and sometimes we go outside and do Alabama Bound. How about that? Alabama Bound by the railroad tracks. Yeah, well, happy Thanksgiving, Danny. Happy, thanks- and- happy Thanksgiving to you, Dick, and uh, Danny and I will be uh, enjoying a lot of uh, food next week, and I hope you are too. Okay, have a good day. All right, See take you, care. Bye-bye. Thanks. Take a quick break. We come back. Uh, Gary, you're coming up next. Phone line's open for you. Coming up at the bottom of the hour. Lisa Steinkoff, her new book is called Bloom, and this is uh, she's the she's the guru of growing houseplants. Well, she takes it the next step, and now we're going to talk about growing flowering houseplants. How can you be successful doing that? Dinner and a show. She's going to tell us all about it here in the garden with Ron Wilson. Green thumb or not, Ron can help at one 823 talk This is in the garden with Ron Wilson. Wilson here for Onkers, a natural pain reliever handmade in the USA since 1982. Aids the body's natural healing process, eases pain from a variety of aches, sore muscles and joints, arthritis, cold, sinus, allergies, flu, headaches, and so much more. I've been using Onkers for years to help relieve my aches and pains, especially my sore feet. To order or find a retailer near you, visit Onkers.com. That's U-N-K-E-R-S.com. Get yourself Onkered. Gary Sullivan here from my friends at Roto-Rooter Plumbing and Water Cleanup. Do you have a few plumbing issues around the house you've been meaning to fix, like dripping 
faucets, slow drains, or maybe a garbage disposal that hums more than it works. When it comes to plumbing, those little annoyances can turn into big problems if you let them go too long. Roto-Rooters licensed and experienced plumbers can fix any size plumbing problem, so give them a call. 1-800-GET-ROTO or schedule an appointment at rotorooter.com. I love innovative products, and White Lightning Season Seal is one that's great for stopping cold air drafts and reducing heating bills during the fall and winter. White Lightning Season Seal is a removable weather-stripping seal that provides clear, weather-tight, temporary seal around interior and exterior areas where drafts occur. It insulates against cold air drafts when it's cold outside and is very easily removed in the spring with just your fingers. Check out the White Lightning Season Seal how-to video at wlcalk.com available at Menards. Looking for an easy way to boost your home's curb appeal? Well, let me give you a tip. A new Clopay garage door can transform your home and be installed by a pro in less than a day. From the classic charm of a carriage house door to sleek, modern designs in steel and wood, a Clopay garage door will refresh your home and increase its value. Browse a wide selection of door styles and find a Clopay dealer near you by visiting clopaydoor.com. Talking about yardening on this weekend before Thanksgiving. So exciting time of the year. 800-823-8255. I am Ron Wilson, your personal yard boy. Quit screwing around. Go right back to the gardening phone lines. Gary, Independence, Kentucky. Good morning. Yeah, Ron, I was wanting to ask you about some hostages. Uh, they're uh, green in the middle and variegated light yellow on the outside. And where I have them, they catch the afternoon sun, and then they, they get all wilted and uh uh, brown on them there, mm-hmm. and I was wanting to dig them up now and move them in a place that's underneath some trees over there on the bank, and I was wondering if this would be a good time to move them if I didn't get them back in the ground right away. Um, you know what? you got a couple options. If you, if you want to move them, you can. It's starting to get late, but I would still do it, and again, I would think about getting them re- you know, replanted, watered in well mulched well, and then I would watch them over the wintertime to make sure the freezing and thawing doesn't push those bucks back up out of the ground. Now, if you don't want to do that and you maybe don't get an opportunity to replant them, if you just take those and stick them in plastic pots or a, a pot of some type, you can just clump them all together and keep a little moisture to them. You could overwinter those like that in an unheated garage or an unheated shed or down in a window well. And like I say, water them about once a month to get them through the winter, and then in the springtime, pop them out of there and put them in the ground where you want the plant. Or the other option, of course, is spring transplanting. Just as those little eyes start to pop up out of the ground and you can see where they are, digging at that point and, uh, and dividing and transplanting at that stage. So you got, you know, giving you three options there, uh, and one of which, you know, like I say, if, if you can't get them replanted yet next week by digging them up, just put them in a container and overwinter them in a, in a somewhat protected area that stays cold so they stay dormant and keep a little moisture around the root system and then plant them in the springtime. 
What about putting them in some mulch leaves that I've got mulched up over there in, in my garden bed if I just lay them underneath the mulch leaves and plant them as I can absolutely. You know, through the winter on the, on the warm days? Uh, a- absolutely. I, you know, planting them through the wintertime, I, I, would, I would probably make a decision if they were mine, Gary. I'd either try to get them planted as soon as I could and settled in and mulched in for the winter, or I would just do as many as you can now, leave the rest of them sit there over the wintertime, and finish up in the spring and do it that way rather than trying to, you know, in the middle of the wintertime. Uh, I, I would just do it that way. I'd either do what I can, hold up, and then finish up in the spring. Uh, I'd do it that way. But, yeah, underneath the mulch, uh, the leaves like that, absolutely. That would be a great place to protect them over the winter. Okay, and I got one more quick question. I got mm-hmm. a Gerber daisy. My uh, son got my wife here for her birthday, and it has come from you know Kroger's inside the uh, uh, the floral shop in there. And the blooms is busted off of that. Will it last through the winter where we can plant it next year? Yeah, keep it keep it in a nice sunny area and and grow it as a house plant. Absolutely, it may flower again for you inside. You never know. Um, okay. and, and if it goes dormant, if all of a sudden you, the the foliage goes dormant, don't give up on it. I just kind of sit it in a cool dark area, and again maybe water it once a month or so to keep a little moisture around the root system. Bring it back out in March and see if it, by chance, would fire back up again. You never know. I've seen them do that before. Well, okay, Ron. Well, thanks a lot. Oh, you're welcome, Gary. Good talking to you. Donna, good morning. Uh, hi, Ron. Uh, I have almost got my answer from him, but I don't know. I have irises and tiger lilies. Now, tiger lilies, that's what I call them. They're long yep. green yep. Uh, leaves. Here's and, what I uh, – we got to take a break, but let me tell you this real quick. The, the uh, tiger lilies or, or day lilies or whatever, I don't think I would hesitate, but when it comes to the iris, I would not move those this time of the year. I think you're talking too late as far as transplanting because um, they're so shallow to the top of the ground. Probably wouldn't do anything. I'd wait until next year, but the lilies, the day lilies, tiger lilies, probably would, wouldn't be a problem to do that. Coming up next, Lisa Steinkoff here in the Garden with Ron Wilson. Landscaping made easier with your personal yard boy. He's in the garden, and he's Ron Wilson. One of the reasons that professional window cleaners do such a great job is because they use the right tools. Those tools are available to homeowners through the Etteray brand cleaning products. Etteray not only invented the squeegee, they offer great window scrubbers, extension poles, and the entire window cleaning program. I'm telling you, you'll notice the difference. Etteray also makes tools to clean your whole house. Dusters, ceiling fan cleaners, grip and grabs, and more. Look for quality Etteray products at your local hardware store, Lowe's, or on Amazon. Clean like the pros do. Is the air you breathe healthy? If you have smoke, mildew, urine, or other stinky stuff, I bet not. VJ said she's been using Odor Exit to keep her family's breathing safe because of all the odors they create. Smells like spilled milk in the car, their dog that was sprayed by a skunk, their RV where hubby left worms all summer, plus he left the windows open in the rain. Pew! Odor Exit has a product for all kinds of odors. Go now to odorexit.com. That's odorexit.com and order yours today.
Welcome back. You're in the garden with Ron Wilson. And yes, she is with us as I promised. You know, house plants have just exploded over the last several years, and rightfully so. Reminds me of uh, back in the late 60s and early 70s, times about 30, uh, with all the, the interest in foliage plants. And of course, can be very confusing. And how do I grow them? And, you know, you lose them and you, you make them grow and no light and highlight. And then you start thinking about, wow. Should I take it to the next level and grow some that maybe actually flower in the house? Well, guess what? We've got the person that's going to tell us all about how to do that. She is the Houseplant Guru. Her website is thehouseplantguru.com, and she has written so many books on houseplants, it's phenomenal. As a matter of fact, her website has more information about houseplants than you could ever imagine. Houseplants, a complete guide. Grow in the dark. Houseplant Party, and of course the latest one, Bloom, The Secrets of Growing Flowering Houseplants Year-Round. Ladies and gentlemen, with us this morning, the houseplant guru, Lisa Eldred Steinkoff. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Hey, good to have you back on our show. Hey, listen, uh, in Michigan this morning, what's the weather like? You know what? Here in southeast Michigan, I'm near Detroit, we have nothing, no snow. But if you walk, if you drive two hours west, they have like... A foot and a half of snow. So, we're, that, that we're lake today. That lake effect is kind of a crazy thing, isn't it? It is. It very much is. And I guess I guess they're moving all of the uh, football games to Detroit, also. If I understand for next week too. You, you know what? That's funny. We were, we're going out tomorrow um, to a show at, at the Fox Theater, and we were all going to go out to eat. I mean, we're looking for places for reservations, and then we made our decision that we're going to stay out here in the burbs, <laughs> in the suburbs, <laughs> to eat because. Uh, they changed the, the Buffalo game is in Detroit now, and every hotel was sold out in like 50 seconds or something like that. Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. Well, it's great having you on with us this morning. The latest book, The Bloom, uh, is absolutely wonderful, uh, as, as usual, Thank with you. all of your books. Uh, great information. And we've, we've actually had several calls this morning talking about um, unsuccessful attempts at growing indoor flowering plants. So I said, hey, just stick with us. we got Lisa coming on later. Uh, a great book for you to use as far as reference as well. So uh, great timing. So, you know, I, l- l- let's take a look at this. Looking back, and, and, I, and, and I'm, if I remember back, I'm 60s and 70s. I mean, you know, houseplants were really kind of cool back then. Um, I think I had about 46 at the time when I was in college. Uh, but today wow. they've just exploded um, and of course, such great uh, popularity for multiple reasons—not just because it's cool, but for decorating, for the benefits, for our benefits, and 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 all. But now you're taking it to that next level and saying, "All right, yeah, let's take it and start growing things that actually flower year-round in the house." Yes. So you're taking us to yes. a whole new level here. Yeah, I can. I can. I'm sitting in my dining room, um, and I I have at least let me see one, two, two flowering right now. So I, I I don't know why I mean I love I love I love all house plants because I have so many but you know if you can have a flower why you know why wouldn't you and you don't need a, a bouquet of flowers that you're gonna throw on the compost heap later you can have a flowering house plant that every year is gonna flower for you and sometimes that whole year if you find the right one. So when we started looking at plants I mean you know a lot of folks say hey I have a hard time growing any kind of plant indoors and obviously lighting conditions and all there's a lot of factors involved here um and so we try to suggest the easier like you, you many of your books have done and of course your website as well which is the houseplantguru.com got to be sure and check this out folks great website you know suggesting the plants that are easier okay. to grow and of course you did the book of uh, growing in the dark and growing under lights um how to do that as well but 
growing plants that are flowering, um, all new requirements there, yes? Well, it just it depends on the plant. But, yes, they could be – I think the biggest difference is they probably are going to need a little more light. You're probably you're, – you're not going to have a lot of house plants flowering in your north window, you know. Right. Um, because it just doesn't – it just doesn't get enough light. But it and – and you don't you, – they, sometimes they need a little bit more humidity. And, and then the, I think the thing is people um, think they're going to bloom all the time. Like, you know, plants are going to rest. Why, why isn't my house plant blooming? It's resting. You know, it's, everybody needs a rest. It's, flowering is very, it takes a lot of energy for a house plant to flower. So then, it, you know, it'll rest for a while and maybe not bloom for, you know, a month or something. Um, or it's not that t- the right time of year. Right. Some, I, have, I have a Hoya that only blooms at the end of October, beginning of November. That's it. That's when it blooms. So I look forward to that, right? Yes. <laughs> so, well, yeah, because you know uh, what... like we, when, when we were young, we looked forward to the Wizard of Oz only being on one time a year on the TV. Not, you know, and you're like, oh, it's, it's almost time. And then now you can watch it whenever you want. <laughs> so, yeah, so, not, so, 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 the, so the goal is to have your, your, your typical foliage plants, but then within those right. foliage plants, start to work in plants that will give you some flowering, just like you'd be planting your annuals and perennial gardens, Flower that would flower during go. different times throughout the season. That is that's a good one. I like that. Plant your annuals and with your perennial and with your perennials. Yes. Um, and and I think the most popular or I don't want to say common health plants shouldn't be common. Um, is you know everybody can go in any store, hopefully your local independent garden center, mm-hmm. but any store carries Phalaenopsis orchids. It's crazy. Right. And if you get the if you get those and you take one home, it could bloom and you buy one with buds. I tell people don't always buy look for the buds. Don't always buy the plant that's in full flower. But find one that still has some, you know, some something to come later, you know, some buds that are gonna open well in your home. And um those could you know, they can flower for a year, you know, or a, a good at least definitely a more a, a few months, you know, your your phalaenopsis. And then it, it dies down, and you cut that little stalk off, and then you put it in a east window, or maybe under wherever you want to put it, wherever it's going to east or west window. And then next year, it's going to send out that same bloom stalk again. So patience, and find some. And, and another one is African violets. People, you know, they look at those and like, oh, my grandma had those. Well, grandma did. My grandma did too. But she would be blown away by what is offered now in African violets. Oh, yeah, absolutely, They're unbelievable. <laughs> I, well, what's interesting is the uh, we had a call from Virginia, and the lady was talking about her African violets, and she said, I just can't do it. And her comment was, my nana, which was her grandmother, had African right. violets everywhere and had no problems. And she said, I just cannot get the hang of growing African violets, of which then I chimed in and said, hey, my, my wife's grandmother was a commercial violet grower in Hastings, Michigan. You probably know where that is. And she had yes. she had African violets in her entire house in the basement under shop lights. I mean, they were everywhere, and she sold them locally and shipped them out as well. Um, and you know, she just grew them like crazy. Uh, it was no big deal. So I said, "Well, just hang with me because we're going to talk to Lisa and find <laughs> out what kind of secret she has for growing African violets, which, like you say, probably one of the most common ones. And the orchids people should scarf up the the Phalaenopsis orchids." Because you buy one with buds, you're right. That thing is last for, as long as you keep some water to it, that thing just hangs in there for six months with no problem, giving you colors. But give me, give us some tips on growing African violets. I get, we get more questions about that than I think any flowering plant. 
Okay, so African violets are, um, I think they're easy as long as you get, right, any any plant's easy as long as you get all the right conditions, right? Mm-hmm. It, my grandma had, I, and I was so happy in my book, in the beginning, I have my grandma's picture from, I don't even know what year, she probably took it with a little Kodak, um, and they let me, you know, I could scan it in, and it's in the and it's in the book, and it's her east window in her kitchen, so over the sink, getting good humidity, good east light, they love east light, um, west light is pretty good. And she just made sure that they were always moist. You know, don't let them dry out because they're usually grown mostly in peat moss. And once they dry out, the, the edges shrink away from the sides of the pot. Mm-hmm. And then it's hard to get it rewatered, right? Or rehydrated, I right. should say, or re, you know, in it. but if you water it, then you can bottom water it. It will, you know, rehydrate and be fine. But you can't, it's evenly moist. Don't let them dry out. And then, because they, they have really fibrous root systems and they're kind of sensitive and you let it dry out and then try to water it and it usually doesn't work. So keep them evenly moist, give them the right light. Um, and it is a big fallacy. It's a big, it's a old wives tale that you can't get the foliage wet. I tell people it, they, they, every house plant is really not a house plant. It's a plant out in the world someplace growing and it rains on African violets. Right. So um, just don't use cold water. Cold water will mar their leaves and you don't really want to leave it sitting in the crown, you know, in the center of the plant. I usually block that out, but I don't, I don't, always take them you know they have fuzzy leaves so i take them to the sink once in a while and give them a good you know wash to get all that dust off because it's the easiest way to do it but um you know just don't worry about only bottom watering and you know just be be calm about it no don't get (laughs) overworked about it don't overthink it i guess is what i'm trying to say yeah right how about feeding um oh yeah and then a lot of people, I'm in the African Violet Society, and a lot of people wick water there, so it's constantly moist and it's constantly being fed. Um, so, you know, a quarter strength every time you water of whatever, you know, fertilizer you're using, or, um, you know, I never use full strength in the house, so maybe three quarters of strength every fourth watering. But definitely, yes, give them, give them some, um, you know, give them some food. Or not, it's not food. Light is food. Give them some vitamins. <laughs> And, and and as far as uh, the flowering, you know, they're going to flower. They're going to hesitate a little bit as well, right? I, oh, you mean like rest? Yes. Definitely. Yes. I, that's right. Now, I, I showed that in one of my Instagram posts the other day. It's like, this is, it's resting. It's, 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 but there's buds coming, you know, it's, it, I minor, when they're resting, they're, at that point, they've just got done flowering. They're storing up their energy to, and resting, and then they're going to, Put, put some energy into blooming again. Yes, they will bloom again, but they do need a rest. She is Lisa Eldridge, Eldred Steinkoff. She is the Houseplant Guru. That's her website, thehouseplantguru.com. The book we're talking about, Bloom, The Secrets of Growing Flowering Houseplants Year-Round, chock full of information. Be sure and check out her website. Let's take a quick break. We come back. I have more questions for Lisa here in the garden with Ron Wilson. Landscaping made easier with your personal yard boy. He's in the garden and he's Ron Wilson.
The Zala Company has been a trusted name in the pump industry for over 80 years. This family-owned business has been designing and machining quality sump pump products to protect your home from floods. And man, they are dedicated to quality. In fact, each pump is tested underwater before it leaves the Louisville, Kentucky manufacturing facility to ensure customers are getting a dependable working pump in every Zoller box. I've got a Zoller pump and a Zoller backup pump at my home. Ask your plumbing pro to install Zoller products in your home. DecorativeSealingTiles.net is a beautiful way to cover up existing damaged or boring ceilings or walls or to truly enhance the look of your home. They have everything from decorative ceiling tiles to wall panels to faux wood beams, faux stone and brick and so much more. Not only do they pride themselves on their excellent products, but you'll also find they have excellent customer service, second to none. Plain to beautiful in just hours, that's DecorativeSealingTiles.net and for a limited time, use code Gary for 10% off. Welcome back here in the garden with Ron Wilson, plant fluencer Lisa Eldred Steinkoff, the houseplant guru with us this morning. And of course, the uh, book we're talking about, one of many that she's written, Bloom, The Secrets of Growing Flowering Houseplants Year-Round, which is absolutely outstanding. Be sure and check out her website where you'll find all of her books and lots of great information. It's thehouseplantguru.com. Talking about growing those uh, flowering plants indoors uh, lots of questions for you. Um, you mentioned the Hoya, and I had written this down earlier. We used to have one in a hanging basket in an old radio studio that it barely got any light. That thing hung in there. You never knew it was there until later in the season when it flowered for about four weeks. And it had the nicest fragrance of any flower I think I've ever smelled. I mean, it was just wonderful. But that thing was tough as nails. Yes. I, I have so many Hoya. And like that one I told you only blooms in October, but I have others that bloom, you know, kind of any time of the year. Um, and they do, they smell heavenly. I don't think a lot of people even realize if they could just get it to bloom, they're thinking that's amazing. But pick plants that smell good. I had a, um, I have an epiphyllum, you know, like they call it the night blooming cereus, but it's not a cereus, it's an epiphyllum. Right. The one that, and everybody's like, is that the one that was on Dennis the Menace? And I'm like, yes, that's the one where you wait till <laughs> at night, it only blooms at night. But the, the, the smell of that plant is absolutely heavenly. It smells so good. So um, mine bloomed like five times this, this summer it did, and it, it is amazing. Yeah, it, it, so again. Don't, don't discount that, the scent. Right, and, and, and a tough plant as well. So looking at, yeah. looking at flowering houseplants, if you had to look and say, okay, here are four or five that I highly recommend that you try at first because they're fairly easy to do. Now, we've talked about the Phalaenopsis orchid. Absolutely. And the Hoya is an easy plant to grow, and it, all of a sudden it just flowers for you, so there you go. What? Give me three or four or five other ones that, for folks that are listening saying, okay, give these a shot. I think they're a great starter plant for you for flowering plants. Um, I think the, um, the goldfish plant you know, it has those little tiny goldfish orange flowers. It's actually a gazmariad, so it's a cousin to the African violet. Those those bloom well, and they're they're kind of like a succulent plant, so you kind of treat it like that. Mm-hmm. So if you're, you know, if you're a little, you know, for, water forgetful, that's not as bad as it could be. So not like the African violet. 
So that's an easy plant, I think, goldfish plant, nematanthus. Great in a hanging um, basket. You know, yeah, in a hanging basket, or mine's just sitting right here. It's, it's, mine's under a light, but it is it hasn't quit blooming since I brought it home. Hmm. It's been a couple months. Just keep sending out flowers. And then, um, <clears throat> the, you know, right now, I mean, the holiday cactus, I can't. I oh, love yeah. those so much. I can't pass by one. It's terrible. I have, like, every color. So those, and everybody says, well, those are hard to get to rebloom. I, I don't find that as a problem, but I do put mine, you know, like it, it needs to be cold. Right. And mine are on the windowsills because right now they're not that big. So they, and it does get cooler in my house. I let my house, you know, when it gets cool outside, it gets cool in here. So I think that helps. But I have, and the, um, another thing about that, that's a good thing to remember, just a, a side note. When you have a plant like that, it blooms all over the entire plant. Make sure you're turning that all the time. Turn the plant. When all year long while you're watering it, every time you water it, give it a little turn. So otherwise, it will only bloom on the side that's, you know, getting light. That's just another, that's a, great a little tip. tidbit. Yeah, great tip. Um, <laughs> of course, African violets, we already talked about that. I mean, who doesn't, you know, I, that's asylum lily. I mean, that, there couldn't be an easier plant. If it will, it'll come back. It doesn't need a ton of light, and it will send up those white flowers. I mean, to me, it's not that exciting, but it's still flowering. So right. I'm happy to see a flower no matter what it comes from. So, um, peace, Lily. I'm trying to think of what else I have that in in the house that's. Would you um, grow anthurium any, any in of there? The and I do have an anthurium. I don't find that to be as easy to get to rebloom, but okay. I have a friend who his is always in bloom. So maybe it's just me. <laughs> it probably is. <laughs> so what? I, don't, I haven't given it. And yeah. if it's not blooming, I tell people if it doesn't bloom within a year, if it hasn't bloomed, he's like, I've had this plant forever and it's supposed to bloom. Then something needs to change, and, and, and usually it's light. So if it hasn't bloomed within a year, everything's cyclical. Do something different. Move it to a different, you know, a different lighting situation first and see what happens. You know, maybe change the potting soil. Um, you know, something's got to change because it's not doing what it's supposed to do. Um, any of the gizneriads, you know, other than an African violet, Ascananthus, which is like the lipstick plant, mm -hmm. you can find those quite readily now. And it blooms at the end. And it might then bloom a lot. So... That's another easy plant. Any, I think any of the gizneriads are very easy. The, you know, the goldfish plant is one. Um, streptocarpus, another plant, oh, yeah. like an African violet, but easier, you know, less, or I mean, more tolerant of drying, drying out a little bit than the African violet. Um, streptocarpella, primulinas. Um, how about a jewel orchid? Even if it's not blooming, the jewel orchid has the most beautiful foliage, and you treat it just like a regular house plant. I mean, you know, it's not like, oh, no, don't say the word orchid, and we all run. Uh, mine's in the east window in the front, and it's got this beautiful iridescent foliage all year. And then in, I think, around January, it just breaks into bloom. So that's another plant. Don't discount, you know, always look at the foliage, too. Yeah. There's yep. some African violets I wouldn't care if they never bloomed because their foliage, their variegated foliage is so beautiful. Exactly. And so the bloom is just hashtag the, who needs flowers. Yeah, I say it's dinner and a show. You know, it's you know the the, the it's great. But right. then if you get a little bonus that comes along with it, absolutely outstanding. She's the houseplant guru, Lisa Steinkoff. Again, her website, thehouseplantguru.com. All of her books will give you more information than you could ever want about growing houseplants. And of course, the website is absolutely phenomenal. The houseplant guru. Uh, be sure and check it out. What was the first houseplant? Do you remember that you ever had? Um, I, I don't remember having like mine, like I didn't, I didn't have any room in my bedroom cause it was kind of messy, but my mom and I still have it. I have her fern from 1957 that she got at her, um, shower. So when I got married, I got a piece of that. So maybe that's my first one. I got married pretty young. Wow. Um, 
my fern, and so I have mine from when I got married in 1985. So that's probably my my first one. I love ferns. I know a lot of people think those are hard too, but they're really not if you keep them watered. Yeah, that and the winter time can be a little tough, but yeah, and if they if they mess up, then you just cut them back and they do nice in the springtime. Right Lisa, always Correct. a pleasure. Yeah. Your books are outstanding. The website's outstanding. Again, thehouseplantguru.com. The book we're talking about today, Bloom, The Secrets of Growing Flowering Houseplants Year-Round, also makes a great Christmas present. So do all these other books, so be sure and check it out. Again, thehouseplantguru.com. Have a great uh, Thanksgiving, a great holiday season. Maybe we'll talk to you next spring. Yes, thank you so much. All right, take care. Good having you on the show. Lisa Steinkoff, and again, the name of the book is Bloom, The Secrets of Growing Flowering Houseplants Year-Round. I want to talk to her. She talks about growing Spanish moss indoors. I'll have to get her on that next time. But I've always wanted to try that, and she said it's very easy to do. Spanish moss indoors. We'll ever tell us about that next time. All right, quick break. We come back. Phone lines are open for you at 800-823-8255 here in the garden with Ron Wilson. For the do-it-yourself gardener at 1-800-823-TALK. You're in the garden with Ron Wilson. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. 